Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is Parental Guidance Advised with Monty and Allie. Welcome back. I'm Frank. I'm Ernest. <laughs> Every time we say that, it just cracks me up. Uh, okay, so we're doing our Facebook and social media live stuff right now. Yep, love it, love it. You guys should tune in on Monica, Monica, what am I? Monica on Air Talk. I'm having a brain cramp this morning, y'all. Yeah. Uh, Monica on Air Talk on Twitter and uh, Monty Matthews on Facebook. You can see us, you can see me four days a week doing my live uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. And then you can see the two of us. Of a special youths. treat. A special, special treat. Friday treat. <laughs> Yeah, you are the special Friday tweet. Tweet? Tweet? tweet. (laughs) I'm done, man. And I'm not going to tell you why I'm done either, but I'm done. Sure Twitter knows at this point. (laughs) No, they don't. It was just a picture. Mm -hmm. I can neither confirm nor deny that I was having a lot of fun in that picture. We all know what pleading the fifth means. (laughs) Yeah, Loretta Lynch. (laughs) Speaking of lynching. Yeah. Okay, what a great segue. What? Uh I mean, didn't even know that was going to happen. Couldn't have actually planned that if I wanted to. Uh, So this week in the House of Representatives, a historic vote took place, uh, passed a bill that would make lynching a federal hate crime. The Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act is named after the African-American teenager whose brutal murder in in 1955 sparked the civil rights movement. There have been nearly 200 attempts in the House to pass federal anti-lynching legislation, all failing until Wednesday. 410 House lawmakers in both parties voted for the bill. Um, On the House floor before the vote, Republican Doug Collins had this to say This act recalls a horrible period in our nation's history. In fact, many could claim that this bill is a century too late. Amen. Uh, He is our uh, representative here in Georgia who is also um, in this very contentious Senate race going on uh, in the state of Georgia. So um, there were four House members who voted against it, which was just astonishing to me. Uh, All all Republican. Okay. I know, not you. So, but the bill still has to clear the Senate. Here's the deal. It has actually made its way. Maybe different versions of it has made, have made their way through the House, but they've it's never made its way past the Senate. Mm-hmm. And that's very unfortunate. So, Allie, yes. this has caused a stir with my audience in that I thought, I'm like, really? It's taken us this long. What's the deal? Mm-hmm. Um, and other people are like, really? This is what we're wasting our tax dollars on? Is an ant- isn't murder murder? No. Because lynching really honestly had very little to do with the act of killing, okay. which is what murder centers around. Murder right. centers around the act of killing another person till they're dead. And lynching really was more so about striking fear Right. In order to create supposed obedience in African-American communities and with what was thought of as problematic whites, people who supported the civil rights movement and desegregation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was to um, like it, it was to degrade and to dehumanize okay. the people who were lynched. Right. So it really had nothing to do with killing them as much as terror. it was an it was an it was, act of terror. Yeah, it yeah. was a, it has always been an act of racial terror right. which is why it's separate from hangings we don't call it hangings we call it lynchings because lynchings were an act of racial terror mm-hmm. it was about dragging someone out of their bed in mm-hmm. the middle of the night so that they knew that there was nowhere safe right and them knowing that law enforcement officials were also there right. covered in white sheets right. pulling them out of their bed there was no one to turn to it was them being afraid and being dragged out of their homes taken, stripped, mm-hmm. tortured, and then left for dead. Right. And then their families being afraid to yeah. even go and collect their bodies to bury them. Oh, good God. Yeah. So, no, lynching and, and murder are not the same. 
um, lynching and hanging are not the same. Again, we have a there's a distinction between lynching and hanging, even though it has the same means. Yeah, yeah. A rope. Well, it has the same means and the same end. End. Right. But you know, even with with hangings, a lot of times you not to be graphic, but also to be graphic with hangings, a lot of times you place someone on a scaffold and then you rip that scaffold out from under them mm-hmm. so that when they drop, their neck snaps. They break their neck, right. So it's an immediate death. <clears throat> right. Whereas with lynching, there yeah. was none of that. It, Yeah. It's torturing. It is. It, it, it's that torturing. was what it was about. It was yeah, fear, it's shaming. It's, torture, yeah. degradation, yeah. And, and dehumanization. Right. Which is important because some people will say, yeah, but it still has the same end. It's murder. I'm like, yeah, but someone called it semantics. I know that went over really well. (laughs) Semantics. Well, okay. Hold on. And so this sparked a very interesting conversation in our house last night, (laughs) which now you're going to get to be a part of Mm -hmm. uh, because that's how we roll. But you use the term. Well, of course she doesn't understand because, you know, of white privilege. And I'm like, hold up. First of all, that is not how I said it. That's not how I said it. (sighs) What I explicitly said was it would be it is a privileged position to think of something like lynching or the fact that there is now an anti-lynching bill going through our our Mm -hmm. Senate Mm -hmm. um, as semantics. Because right. it's it's not because it's it is a privileged position to be able to be in a place where you don't have any idea about the history, the consequences or the like basically like uh, basically abhorrent nature of lynchings. Yeah. So, so you also associated a privilege with a privileged mindset. You even associated it yesterday with voting. Like it's a privilege to be able to yeah. vote. Because I was I, like, you're going to have to define this P word because it's a trigger for me because and I'm going to tell you why I think a lot of uh, a lot of people in this day and age too. tell me if I'm wrong or from your from your vantage point at your age, being 23 years of youth uh, and beauty and grace. And mm-hmm. all fun yeah, yeah, move color. on. <laughs> um, do you think some of this, too, is that people are just exhausted and they're tired of being having the crap beat out of them about their skin color, about their straightness, about their Christianity, about their patriotism? Yeah, I mean, like, everyone's a special class, but your common white American patriot. It's like, yeah, because know. they you're you're not a special class. You are the class. You are the class. You're the standard. So you have no way of being a special class if you're the standard. That's kind of the point in having special classes. Okay. Well, I am absolutely, I am positively against special classes. But I said on my podcast yesterday that if anyone in the world deserved a special class status, it would be black Americans. And that's not just because I have you. It's not because of your father. It is because it is the truth. Like, it's just the truth that you have absolutely historically been marginalized. There's a big buzzword for people, unlike any other demographic in this country. So whenever I see the LGBTQ community trying to latch on to or the trans community trying to compare themselves with what blacks have been through, I'm like, "Mm, no, no. I mean, it's one thing to recognize um, the marginalization of other minority groups right which lgbtq uh you know communities have they've had been. fear and terror and, oh yeah, absolutely I mean, they, they yeah, have been course. extraordinarily marginalized right but to compare it with the struggles of black americans however is of that's comparing apples to tacos <laughs> like, <laughs> i don't like my apples with my tacos yeah i mean it that's <laughs> it's not that so but to understand and to appreciate and to respect and to try to protect marginalized groups, yeah. maybe not necessarily on a federal level. Yeah, um, that's a whole other story. Okay. So you know, but with black people, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not that they've just been marginalized; they've been disenfranchised, they've been dehumanized. Right. Um, you know, which is which we we also see that happening. Well, we certainly saw it happen in history with the Jews from the beginning. Okay, mm-hmm. this didn't just start with the Holocaust. So the Jews have had a target, you know, on their forehead and their backs for. Since the beginning, it just is. As mm-hmm. soon as God said, yep, you're mine, Satan's like, oh, okay, game on. 
So, and it's, that's been the case ever since, but you definitely see this rise of anti-Semitism, anti-Christianity, anti, anti, anti. What's actually funny is uh, a friend of mine recently went viral on TikTok, and she did so because she is a practicing pagan witch, essentially, and she made a video about that. And is that she the went, same thing as a Wiccan? No. Okay. No, it's not. They're actually, they're very different. I, I don't know all the different types or anything like okay. that, but I do know that there is a difference. That's a good thing. I'm glad you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know the difference, yeah. but she is a pagan witch and she made a video on TikTok that went viral recently and we were on the phone last night talking about this and she was like, I feel like I should make a video telling people to be nice to the Christians. And I was like, yeah, yeah maybe because, <laughs> you know, a lot of people were granted Christians haven't exactly done the best for themselves to set themselves in the best light always. <laughs> always. But, uh, yeah. you know, people definitely were going pretty hard towards yeah. the Christians in her comments. And so she did. She made a video and she's like, hey, y'all, thanks for the love. Really appreciate it. But um, well, was her original video against Christians? No. No, okay. it never has been. She's never been about that. It's just the people that jumped on the bandwagon because people in the comments would be like, the power of Christ compels you and like the blood of Jesus washes over you and like all of this stuff, essentially trying to perform a TikTok exorcism on her. And so people were like, what are you doing? Why are you? Oh, like they're being legit or were they oh, no. joking? No, 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 no. They're being legitimate, like telling her that she's going to, you know, burn on a cross or she, the blood of Christ is going to cover you and change you and all this kind of stuff. Well, that's actually true but, but in I'm, a not I'm not sure nice that, way yeah. not nice way. Yeah, so then like, other people started attacking them oh and so she was like hey guys uh be nice to the christians <laughs> like, yeah be nice to the christians and on that note christians <laughs> be nice <laughs> christians be nice exactly we'll be right back we're gonna take a quick break you're listening to monty and Allie on the monica matthews show we'll be right back yep all right guys welcome back mm-hmm. to the monty v Allie. All right, so we're talking about privilege. Yes, okay, we were privilege. Talking about, and so privilege is not. It's not a bad word. It's not a four letter word. I personally use privilege to just accurately describe a situation. I used it to describe myself as someone who gets to live at home for free. That is a very privileged position to be in. Someone who doesn't have crippling student loan debt. That is a privileged position to be in. Um, you know, and someone who didn't vote in the last election that is really bad on my part that's <laughs> yeah, horrible you suck. you suck as a patriot yes it's horrible like it is absolutely <laughs> awful as a black female in america that i did not vote but yep. i also didn't feel like i had really good options um a lot of people didn't yeah but you, and, at but least you have options i know and that's, and that's the point and that's the point of privilege and so when i addressed that woman on her privilege yeah. i was like i wasn't trying to attack her i was just being clear like okay. the fact that you can call it semantics the fact that you can call an act of terrorism right semantics right is a privileged position to be in because you're not the one being terrorized is your point yeah and you have no real reason to understand it because it's not exactly covered ad nauseum in our history books. no but i think what we do you're you're right about that and i think what we do now is we go to church and listen to pastors who try to tell us that you know we're bad because we're white and I take a stand against that. And people use the term privilege to beat the crap out of other Americans. And I'm tired of that. And as a white American, I'm particularly tired of it. So to have this very level-headed conversation about these race relation, even though there's mm-hmm. only one race, but to have these level-headed conversations, I think, is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's, and it's important. It's and it's important for everyone to recognize their own privilege. It's not just white privilege. There are specifications that go along with yeah, but I'm going to tell you something. I want to go back to the student debt thing for a second um, because I don't know that that's a privilege as much as that was actually you. First of all, it was me saying you're not going to go to this college if it's going to put you in debt, okay, to the extent that you're up over your eyeballs in it. And, and we were smart. So you exercise the options that were before you with regard to your education. That's not a privilege. Um, it's and, and I think... Yeah, uh, my it's privilege, not a privilege was that my privilege we was that choices. when I no my privilege was that when I came out I very generously had a close person who was able to help me pay those down very quickly. That is where my privilege comes along. Okay, that is not something that the majority of kids have today. That's true. So at all, and most middle or upper middle class families do not qualify for financial aid, whether you're black, white, or indifferent. So you mm-hmm. qualify for more scholarships if you are a minority um, because a lot of 
you know, um, a lot of colleges today have very few academic scholarships to go mm. around. Um, and most of them are more based off of. So they're not merit based anymore. They're based on financial need. Um, not all of them, okay. but there's just very few to go around. Because we were at a huge advantage being poor. Yeah. People like lament the fact that they don't have money. And I'm like, you have no idea. These private schools, like you, they afford it's you the up in to $200,000 between a, do, yeah. a two family income. It's the in between space yeah. that's really hard for people. It's okay. the middle class space that's hard. All right. So on a final note, privilege is not a four letter word. No. And okay. check yourself, whether you're white, black or LGBTQ or whatever, there are certain privileges that you have. Right. And everyone will, will tell you that. Okay. Like someone will, a gay man will like... Like a trans like person will look at a gay man and be like, do you understand the privilege that you have? Yeah. Because you, you can wear feathers and boas and high heels and pearls. And we do in order Let's to. Cut no, that. we're not. We're alive. Because that's we're alive not, right that's now. That's not. We're not cutting anything. No, this is oh my, my show. I get to determine what we cut. Right now, we're cutting to commercial no. because we got to go. But thank you for joining us. We're not getting off live on social media, though. But that's where we're going to cut our segment for my Sunday show. <laughs> All right. Now, for you guys who are still watching live, mm -hmm. you're going to continue on with the conversation. We're going to continue recording because I know we're going to be able to use yeah. this stuff. All right. So, and I'm going to clarify. Oh, go ahead. Clear it. Do oh it. Gosh. Clear it up, girl. You are. You I'm are. I'm not. I'm not anything. Not I'm just, all trans people walk around with feathers and boas and high heels. No, I'm being sassy. God Almighty, are y'all that sensitive in your age group? No, we're yes, not that you sensitive. Are. But it's rude. So what? It's rude. I'm allowed to be rude. I'm allowed to be a jackass. I'm allowed to be loving. I'm allowed to be a Christian. I'm allowed to PMS. I'm allowed to be menopausal. I'm allowed. What? Like, I'm who making gets to this... determine? I'm... This is what I'm talking about. This is the PC police crap that I hate from your freaking generation. I'm not fully PC, Ugh. but I am someone who does distinguish uh, in the LGBTQ. Like, no, that it is rude to just consider someone who is trans as someone who walks around with feather it's boas a and joke. high heels. It's not a there's, funny joke. There's it's a four-letter word that your generation could stand to really understand. Joke. That's not funny Some things are just funny. That's not funny to me. Why not? Because it's not. Because it's a human being. It is a human being? <laughs> because Let's they are a human being. That, if I that understand makes you that. feel better. Because they're a human being. And you're making fun of who they are as a person. And I don't appreciate that. And neither <sighs> do they. I'm done. So I'm done. All right. I feel privileged to have had this conversation with you. I mean, and I know a lot of tranny friends who are like, so you don't like that word either. Because you're but not my, allowed to say oh it. Oh my God, who gets to determine what the hell I'm allowed to say? You are a I'm cis not? straight woman. You no, are not allowed oh, to say stop. the N word. You're I not can't. allowed to say the T I'm word. I'm sorry, what the hell does cis mean exactly? It means that you are presenting as the, you are female. You present as female. You consider yourself female. You I are. present as female. I have boobs that present as female. I have a vagina that presents as a female. Exactly. Okay. And you accept that. That's not that presenting. That's you, called my biology. You accept that as you are presenting as female with those things. What does cis? What does cis mean? Define it right now. What Google is that? It. Fine. Why is I that, will Google Why it. is that a prefix to my biology? It's not a prefix it to your totally biology. Is. It's a you prefix to your sexuality. That's my biology. It's a prefix. That's not to your... my gender. That's not my socially constructed idea of myself. Denoting or relating to a person whose sense of personal ide identity and gender corresponds with their birth sex. Cis. Cis. What, how do you spell that? C I S. Cis. You are okay, when did we start? When did that get put into the urban folklore dictionary of new words that we have to use? You don't have to use it. I'm just using it as an explanatory moment where it's like you are you are you were birthed a female. You consider yourself a female. You are a straight female. And you consider yourself so a straight female that, because so, you have boobs and a vagina. Well, you're darn right I do. And any dude who's looking at my boobs or my vagina would think the same thing. Exactly. But that's, that's not how everyone sees themselves. That's not how everyone Corresponds their gender. Some, let me get out my world's smallest violin on this subject. Oh my god! Okay, I understand that not everybody sees themselves as they really are. But why would I jump into that confusion pot of oh okay, like you felt bad, you apologized to someone at a con you went to recently because you got I used really, the wrong pronouns. 
Yeah. And, and I she, felt bad. She, and I knew it was a chick. He, I knew. Whatever. He, See, your generation's nuts. That's we're all not I'm crazy. I, a lot of you really are. And you perpetuate this craziness that the adults in the room go, what? What? Sis? I've got 65-year-olds watching this broadcast right now who are like, does she just say sis? Like, she's a cis female? So does that apply for men, too? Yes. Cisgendered male, cisgendered female. I just, I, I, no, no. And I'm going to tell you what concerns me. We're going to get over to this next subject. Okay, here's why this concerns me. You are now making the move after last week's broadcast, which is pretty amazing. Um, you know, and well, actually, we, ha- we, we recorded that a couple of weeks ago whenever you were like in the sewer of, I hate the job search. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of feeling like I'm ghosted after every, you know, major interview process, which mm-hmm. does take a lot out of you. It is a privilege, there's a P word, to get called for an interview. First mm-hmm. of all, you have a, a heck of an education. You're such an asset and you show up ready, go fight, win. And employers can't even take the time to just be decent and no. call you and, and just send a group staple email of yeah, you know, yeah, I know. Sorry, and, you're not yeah, it. We, we went another direction. Yeah. Right. So I'm covering it again. Okay. For a reason. Oh, boy. Wow. Okay. You're acting like a cis. <laughs> uh, pain in my butt. A cyst. Okay. So now you got me off track, squirrel. You were the one who was squirreling. I wasn't. I said all of that to tee up the fact that you've actually found yourself since then. In the sense of a direction for mm-hmm. a career. And, and this whole conversation about gender and your generation is concerning to me because you are a storyteller. You are getting into the movie world. Mm-hmm. You're getting into entertainment because you feel like some of these latent gifts that you've just been, and I want you to cover that in a minute, yeah, and how some of these things have been uncovered for you. Yeah. But it's like, you're a storyteller, Allie. And mm-hmm. if the story you're telling is that people should just accept their confusion in life, that concerns me as your Christian mother. I don't necessarily see it as confusion in life and I don't like and I'm I'm a storyteller who believes in representation. I believe in people seeing people that look like them on television and in movies and reading about them in books. Okay. I believe that because I grew up as someone who was not represented. I understand that. Very frequently. Now right. everyone looks like me on TV, but like yeah. there weren't mixed girls that were on television, right. that were starring in things, that right. were doing big things That's in the world. Fair. I barely That's had mixed fair. Barbies. Like, we didn't have all of that. So I didn't have girls that looked like I me. I think it's, can I please say this as my own uh, qualifier to this whole conversation? I think it is very important that people are represented because they are humans. And, it, and it's important not to dehumanize. And I understand your point about, you know, it's just not nice. It's rude. I get that. I'm on the air. I am an entertainer. Mm-hmm. I am completely bombastic some days because that's just my personality. You know that. If I was sitting across from um, any of my trans and my guy friends who have associated with being a tranny will tell you the older trans people are fine being called trannies. That's that's what they've always referred to themselves as. And that's fine for them, but that's not fine for the younger people because it's it would to them – it is the same thing as you, a white person, saying the N-word or anyone other than a black person saying the N-word or even singing it in songs. So that's to them. It's not OK. You are not in that group. You are not a trans person. You are not a you're not a part of the LGBTQ. And so, yeah, you but, see, but see, your generation has taken that stuff to a whole other level of we are so special that you guys can't even comment on anything about our little group. But we get to dictate the ways of the country, which I don't uh, think is OK. It's either. not OK. I think, you know, commenting and having an opinion on something is one thing. But to be rude or disrespect or dehumanize another person for their beliefs, whatever they are. I can joke about something and not dehumanize someone. Come on. You can, Dave but Chappelle you does it all the time. What? In this conversation, you're going to tell me that I was dehumanizing to because I said the you term You were disrespecting. I, okay, but that disrespecting and making fun of and dehumanizing are all are three completely different paradigms. They are. So no, I didn't say you're dehumanizing in this conversation. I said that you were di- you're disrespecting. You were disrespecting them one with you were when you were comparing them to drag queens, which are a different different altogether compartment. Um, and two, whenever you called them that word. What word? Tranny? Yeah. Tranny, I don't say tranny, that word. Tranny, tranny. I don't say the F word either. What's the F word? Oh, 
well that, that I don't like that word. Yeah, but no, that's, people of the that's, L- that's, exactly, but that that what you just felt just now is exactly how transsexuals feel whenever people who are not of the LGBTQ call them that. And well, uh, first of all, the trans people have uh, basically shut the LGBT community out where they're like, no, 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 we're a whole other level of special. And the LGBT community's like, wait, wait a minute. Well, hold on. The the T is part of our makeup. Like, it's part of our uh, alphabet. Mm-hmm. I so, mean, there has definitely been a split in that community, for sure, Be with the new kind of like... Um, where does it end, Alex? I don't know. But I know from my own personal... My own personal way of interacting with people. I don't like to use certain words, and I do not like to use the wrong pronouns for people. If they have a preferred pronoun that they would rather me use, then I will. And I did apologize, and I wasn't, you know, I I just apologized. I said, I'm sorry, I did not know. Well, yeah, if someone gets in my face. They weren't in my face. They were very kind. They were like, actually, these are my pronouns. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Thank you for telling me. And they're like, it's okay. You didn't know. And then we moved on. It wasn't that big of a deal. But to me, it's still, it would be, again, it's, it is a part of who they are. And I, I don't want to disrespect that. So if I can. So what does an employer do? I'm curious. They normally ask on your applications now, what are your preferred preferred pronouns? I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do with that. And that's okay. It's okay to admit that. I don't know what to do with that. Like, I just had some friends come back into my life who were like, they went through a season where their daughter wasn't sure if she was a daughter or a son or something in between, or she wanted to be with couples or straights or what. No one knew. And I and I said, and I we we parted for a different reason at, during that season. And I said, yeah. you know what? I'm just going to be straight up honest with y'all. <laughs> it's probably better that while you were going through that season with her and loving her unconditionally and being the parents that you knew to be and you didn't know how else to be and you weren't going to kick her to the curb and you weren't going to send her out to the world by herself um, and you really rallied around her, I um, I don't know that I would have been a, a good enough friend to you during that season of your life because I'm so outside of that reality mm-hmm. where you don't understand and i didn't want to be judgy and mm-hmm. i didn't want to condemn and so it was just better that i kept my mouth shut and i just stayed in the distance i continued to pray but even if i had said that it would have been like sanctimonious to them it was oh great you're gonna pray for us thanks you know, some people do that they're like and some well, people feel pray. that way but that's right. not how you meant it that's and not I how think i meant it at all everything that you just said just now i think is really important to highlight i think it's really important that you just admitted, I don't really know about this, and I don't know how it makes me feel, and I don't know how to incorporate this with what right. I know about gender and sexuality and sex and all of these things, and that's okay. And I, I think it's okay to literally just, you stop there. I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, you could, you if you so choose, you can take the time to educate yourself, or you don't. But if, but if you, you just, were a person sitting across from me right now who associated, who are identified as a boy, and you were like, I'm sorry, but the, I, I would prefer it that you refer to me as sir. I'm just going to tell you, I, I couldn't, I, I could, in good conscience, in my own conscience, I could not look at you and do that because it's so unnatural to my mind to my psyche to my spirit I just and it's not to slight you or to make you feel bad about who you think you are or who you are to yourself or it's not it's not to be a bigot it's not to be hateful or condemning I'm just being brutally honest on this show right now I I couldn't I just couldn't do it I'd have to find another way to address you to as to avoid any pronouns <laughs> like and some people do I would. go by they them some people have those pronouns of they them, where they don't associate with either he or she. They're just a they. Mm-hmm. They are considered non-binary. That would be the term. So, but other people do have strict he, he him, she, her. Other people have very, uh, the pronouns are varying widely more and more What are you going to tell my grandkids? About what? About this. How are you going to address my grandson or granddaughter looking at someone who is clearly a man but prefers to be referred to as Mrs. 
anything. Well, like maybe there's a teacher. Maybe your my grandson or granddaughter has a teacher, well, and that person identifies. I How think, are you going to address that? Well, one, I think we have to clarify something that I think you're getting stuck on. People, trans individuals, they they do not want to lurk, look like their birth sex. They do not want to appear as their birth sex. That's the whole point. They do not identify with that. They okay. identify with normally the opposite gender okay. of male or female. So we're not talking about someone who dresses in drag to come teach the No, there's a very right. different... There's we're talking a, about someone who's actually transitioned. Exactly. Okay. And they will not come across as as if they are birth male and and identify as female okay. they were going to come across as female okay even if they haven't fully transitioned they are going okay to, good point good yeah, point so good that's point. that's the point but how are you going to address this culturally with my grandchildren uh, because how i would address them with any other individual you are to treat them with kindness and course. respect right and if you know, I understand that it may not make sense to you because you're a boy and you you are a boy. You decide you're a boy. What's going to be your constitution boy. is what I'm getting to. My constitution for this conversation and how I've raised you has been scriptural. That's my constitution. That mm-hmm. that informs uh, what is natural and what is unnatural in my heart and in my mind and in my spirit. And it can set the standard for you. Right. I think for people who are outside of that, we make it clear they're not a part of this family. They don't necessarily believe the same things that we do. Okay. But they're a human being. Yeah, of course. And you're going to treat them with the same respect as you right. would treat any other human being. Right. And you are going to use their preferred pronouns because that is a part of treating them res- with respect as a human being. So that's how I would address it. That's how I believe in it. That's how I address it. And I would not budge on that with my kids. I would not at all be okay with them using, not using someone's preferred pronouns. Are you going to let my grandkids come stay with me? Because we're probably going to have a different conversation. I will let them stay with you. But, you know, we will have a come to Jesus meeting literally about what is and what is not acceptable to teach them. About how to handle the outside world and all the various people that come I'm so glad we're recording this conversation. I really am. Because by the time you have kids, guarantee that your idea about all of this is going to shift. Probably and not. Well, it will. Trust me. It will. Because you already come in the house going, I don't even know if I want to have kids because the world is so crazy and people are so hateful. We well, the war. world is crazy. Like, like, I don't know. And the world is upside down. And I'm like, yeah. And so getting back to film, you are you're a storyteller, mm-hmm. okay? And you've and, and you And I think uncovered it's important some... for everyone's stories to be told. So I will tell. Okay, well, what about the story of truth? The what story... about the story of truth? What about, hey, you've always said to your gay friends who said God may be this way. God made me this way. Yeah, and you're well, like, we have well, neuros- neuroscience. Hold on, to back that but up. you've always said you may have been born that way, but God did not create you that way. You've gone back to the beginning of creation. So when does that story get told in like mainstream movies where it's like, when does the when does the person who has who has gone through the transition, who's come out the other side, and then actually had a face to face with Jesus, life? altering like a whole other level of altering where jesus is like i loved you then i loved you now i but this is the natural state of who you are and here's your real identity in me according to my word when does that story get told well i mean i think you're talking about people who decide to uh like detransition and those stories are not being told which i think are important to be told and it's not necessarily because they've become christian they have come to some sort of moment or pinnacle of their journey where they decide that, that they I'm want to transition. Right, I get that. So, I mean, yes, that could be a that could definitely be a story that should be told. I think that people who tr- detransition, their stories should be told as well because they're not included in any conversations when it comes to the LGBTQ community. At and the all. church is not telling the story of natural affections. Natural biology, because well, we they get, have been. We they have, do, but we've been beating the hell out of gays exactly. over it, condemning everybody to hell. And that's the which point. No one knows how to have the conversation without condemning or right. beating someone over the head with the Bible. And that's not the point. You know, the point is that I can I can be in my space of personally, I am not a trans human being. I am a cisgendered female. That is who I am. 
Um, uh, so, fun fact, your birth certificate, which I have, says girl, female. That's literally okay. what I said. I'm it's a cis- It doesn't say... <sighs> I just feel like you guys have prefixes to everything. It's like you explanatory. A okay. It's explanatory. Okay. It's not meant to Female have to Female explains be... everything I need to know about your biology. For you, not for everyone else. <gasps> so All it's that matters is my opinion right now because this is my show. And that's my point. This It matters to me what I believe about myself, what I believe about what will go hopefully be happening in my family nucleus. But that does not mean that that's happening everywhere else. So no matter what I walk into or where I go, I'm going to be leading with kindness, compassion, and love, unless you come at me, because I may not start fights, but I'll finish them. Um, but All right, yeah. Anyway, so, So yeah. my grandson comes home and says, Mom, I just feel like, you know, other little boys at school or cis boys at school... <laughs> Have made me feel like maybe I want to be a girl. And then that's a conversation that it you'd sure have to start. It sure is, girl. It's going to be a conversation. I How's it going to go? An, um, well, the first question is to ask, why do you feel like that? And maybe they'll say, because I like the color pink. And I'll okay. say, well, you know that boys can like the color pink too. Right. Not just girls. And right. they'll be like, and maybe they'll say, no, I didn't know that. Because my friends told me that that's not true. And I'm like, well, it is true. You can be a boy and like all kinds of things that girls like. It doesn't mean that you're a girl. Right. And then if that goes in the other. So you're going to help them unpack this confusion that the world brings into their little psyches. It's confusion that's been around forever, though. Because we gender everything. But it's more pervasive now. It's in your face. You can't even watch a commercial without Mm -hmm. all of this being in your face constantly. It is so, in your face because it is in the world constantly. We are actually now finally starting to try to equally represent people who are of and a part of the rest of the world. It's not just straight white people on TV shows anymore. I understand It's that. also not gay white people on TV shows anymore. I mean, it's people. It is people who are on TV who are in movies, and that's the important part. So, so yeah, again, it's a conversation. So the only place the natural's ever going to be represented is in some cheesy Christian movie. Is that it? I mean, yeah, if you're going to keep calling it the natural. Well, well, I'm sorry. What's the new term that I should be using, Allie? Well, I mean, I don't, I personally don't like the delineation between natural and unnatural. Why? Because I don't. I don't think. What should that... we call it? If I say godly and ungodly, then all of a sudden, you know, I'm a, I'm a homophobe. I would prefer that. Godly and ungodly? I have plenty of gay friends who are like, uh, my relationship with God is just fine. Thank you very much. And so, and me being gay is fine with God too. Thank you very much. So if I say ungodly, that is extremely offensive to some gay people who are like, mm, I think no, unnatural no. is the same way too. Okay. So I'm going to say something that's going to be really super crass, but it's a joke that we've heard from the beginning of time. I know this is shocking. It wasn't Adam and it, it wasn't, wasn't Adam and Steve. It was Adam and Eve. I'm just telling you. Yeah. And that was for a reason. I'm not trying to be crass, but it is what it, it'd be. What it be, girl? Yeah, like, and I know you're not being crass. I I'm mean, not, you're it, you're not wrong, but I mean, there's God, a whole other. Say it again. Say there's it again. a whole that other that thing again. that we could bring up with say regard to the beginning and incest and like you know, if we're going based purely on a creationist perspective of the beginning of the world. Well, what are then, we doing now? Are you going to tell me you're a Darwinist? Tell me uh, that damn $260,000 education did not turn you away from creationism. Well, uh, I've never been a full, I've never been oh a full God, creationist. I'm so done. I'm driving off a cliff this no, afternoon. No, absolutely. After stage, no, think about I'm this. Done. Think about the creationist aspect. If it was just Adam and Eve who decided to pop up all so long ago, how the heck did the rest of the people on the world get here? Who was sleeping with who? They weren't miraculously conceiving. That didn't happen until the Virgin Mary. So... <laughs> It may not may not have been Adam and Steve, but it was Adam and Adam's son and Adam's daughter and all those people. So no, I don't take a purely creationist view of the beginnings of this world. Well, what do you take? I take a combination I of failed. science. I have failed as a and parent. the Bible. I failed. I failed. I get an F, like loser status. You would rather me believe in incest <laughs> than science? Well, okay. I understand that a lot of that crazy stuff went on, which is why God had to come down and be like, 
Okay, uh, but we have Moses. I need you to get up, grab some rocks. I got some things have, to say to these crazy people. We have literal science of the Neanderthals who were here at the same time Ellie, as Homo sapiens you are coming up. To the Homo sapien choir. Okay, I get it, and I am like part of this whole pre-Adamic society. Like you've got a whole host of stuff going on that was pre-Bible, that pre-Genesis. I get exactly. that. I know you're preaching to the choir, girl. So no, I, I don't it. take but a purely creationist that, that, view. Okay, but again, I just how the hell do things procreate if you're not procreating with something that is not your same sex? Because it wasn't just Adam and Eve who were on the planet, contrary to popular belief. It was Adam and Eve and the Neanderthals. But Adam and Adam would have never made it happen, Allie. We would have never multiplied. No, it's we like by uh, uh, evolutionarily speaking, we wouldn't have multiplied as a society without the big opposite sex uh, relations and coming up from. Amoebas and lizards and ponds. We and, wouldn't have okay. populated as Homo sapiens without opposite sex relations. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Now so we're getting back to the truth of the matter, which is natural versus unnatural. I don't like saying that term. I and know because it I'm offends you because you're a Gen Z and you guys are offended by everything. I'm not offended by everything actually, but I do take into account other people. That's it. I just <sighs> I take it into account. Okay, so let's settle this. Because there's been a lot said on this show. And some of your generation and some of mine could look at me and go, oh, my God, she is such just this stoic, staunch, stone-aged Christian. She's part of the problem. I can hear it already, and I'm fine with all that, by the way. And I do see your point. I have never said that someone should be dehumanized. I have said that there are boundaries placed around creation by a loving creator that knows that chaos can and will ensue in any environment that there are not boundaries placed around it. Boundaries of your thought, boundaries of expression, boundaries of existence. Boundaries are very important in the scheme of creation. So within the context of that conversation, I think it's very important to be able to have this conversation. And we this is how we roll in mm-hmm. the house, too. And you do open my mind to things. You open my heart to things. I hope I do the same for you. Yeah, no, um, I mean, I think it's that, all important. Right. And But I, I want, as much as you defend the humanity of other people, for me as a minister, I cannot defend the humanity of someone without defending the truth of who they are mm-hmm. as created beings, as I have come to believe by my faith I think and by understanding. Our biggest difference is that you take on a absolute truth view right. of all-encompassing absolute truth, whereas well, I take on— there's truth or there's not. Well, I take on relative, essentially, absolute truth. I have an absolute truth for myself and for my family and for my life— but I do not designate that. No, over you don't assign every- that to every. No. Okay. But do you assign that? Like it's for yourself, it's mm-hmm. for your family, mm-hmm. but you don't demand that other people assign the same value of absolute truth to no. their lives. So and that's, that's fine. why I don't believe in a technique. That's why people would say that I'm a, I'm a relative truth person. I'm not an absolute, I'm not a big T truth person. I'm a little T truth person because I do, it's relative to me. It is my personal belief system. Um, it's my personal journey on that belief system, and I assign that only to myself and my immediate nucleus of human beings that I'm responsible for. Um, but so when your friends come to you and you're confused about something, maybe it is their sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I what will, do you do? Um, I well, I just honestly, I always start by asking questions. Yeah, absolutely. Because the more questions, you, like, it's always about like if my son came to me and thought he was a girl because the boys were making fun of him for liking pink or liking right. playing with the dolls with the girls, and I'm like. Because you put him in skinny jeans. Okay. Every boy wears skinny jeans. No, they don't. Yes, a Girl. lot of them do. No. Regardless. They were not no. squirrel. I can't. Anyway, date a guy with skinny jeans. I would ask questions. I would ask questions because I want to I just I want to assess okay. what he's feeling. Is he being bullied yeah. because he likes things that are notoriously feminine? Yeah. Like I don't, that's, you know, that's one, that's unacceptable. And that doesn't, I'm like, that doesn't mean you're a girl. Right. You know, there are other reasons why a young child would believe that they're a girl. And you can get to that if you ask him the right question. So I always start by asking questions. If someone comes to me with something that could bump up against my biblical 
little t truth, then I ask questions. But if the Bible says to go and make disciples of nations and to go and set the captives free, how do you set the captive free if you get in the cell with them and shut the door? Because I know the door is locked. But I can't just, dark doesn't necessarily like to just come out into the light. Like people, just because you open the door doesn't mean that they're going to automatically be receptive to come out the door. Because no, people who have opened the door before probably but, beat the hell out of them to I go back themselves. I understand that, faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of exactly. God. Exactly, so but you have to. if you're not coming sh- with absolute truth, not your truth, if you're not coming with I'm the truth, coming, the truth can't set someone free. I'm coming with the truth It didn't say Allie's truth will set you free. System. I'm coming with the truth of my belief system. That doesn't mean that I think that the whole rest, like, I don't, I don't assign that to anyone else except this but is what. But what if they're asking, Allie, I'm struggling. I'm literally dying inside. I'm suicidal. I don't know who I am. You my have family's to ask me. questions. Where is God? Then, what does God think about all this, Allie? What does God think about me? What, what does God think about my life? Am I going to hell? Am I, what, I don't even know what to believe anymore. And so where I'm asking you right now, live on the air, where do you insert the truth, not your truth? When they have finished answering my questions. Once okay. we have established a rapport, you can't just go and browbeat someone over the head that you're Clearly, not. Clearly, if someone's coming to you saying, I need you, I want you your truth. You have to let them open up. Oh, my God. Not everyone needs your immediate two cents. You have to let them, you have to have it be relational. They have come to me. I'm going right. to ask questions. Clearly and then when the questions, when the questions are answered and we've established that rapport, then I'll be like, this is what I have learned. This is what the Bible teaches. This is what gives me peace. This is why it gives me awesome. peace. Okay. That's awesome. And if they take it, they take it. If they don't, they don't. But I have done my Absolutely. part and my due diligence. Now, as a storyteller and a screenwriter, which now you are moving over into that because that was a latent set of skills that actually hasn't been latent. I, I want to encourage my parents out there to pay attention to your kids and what, what they how they play. If you want to know what an, what a, what an inherent, uh, what, what a God-given gift your kids may have is, just observe them. Observe them in their playtime. Observe them with their friends. Observe them in their downtime, how they learn, all of that. Something that you've discovered recently, well, kind of rediscovered. You discovered it in college whenever you took a screenwriting class, and you sent me your first script, and I was blown away. And I knew right then that that's where you needed to be. Hmm. As, even as a neuroscience minor and a storytelling, narratives major studies, um, a narrative studies major, um, I was like, that's it. That's where you need to be. You have found mm-hmm. your niche. And so give some pointers really quick on – how you uncovered that. I never okay, uncovered it. I just finally got over myself. Like, it wasn't an uncovering. I've always told stories with my Barbie <laughs> Have dolls. You really, though? With my Barbie dolls. They were little <laughs> damn soap operas cheating on each other's husbands and having illegitimate children and all this kind of and stuff. And that wasn't because that was the life I was living. <laughs> Let's just be clear. It just was in my head. So, I, yeah, my dolls were always a story. I've always told stories and I've always enjoyed telling stories. And I've always enjoyed um, helping people. I've always enjoyed making people feel loved and accepted. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the really powerful ways to do that is for representation. Yeah. And I think that that's really important yeah. and showing that people can be more than their their occupation, True. their uh, sexuality, their I, their gender identity, their yeah. religion. They are human beings first. Correct. And that is how I'd like to tell stories. Oh. And I think that that's really, really important. And for me recently, I just, I got over myself. I mean, I- What do you mean by that? I always have known that I probably should be in movies. I've always loved movies. I've loved watching them. I've loved analyzing them, learning about them. Movies have actually saved our lives on more than one occasion. Movies have been very medicinal in our lives. Movies are medicinal for everyone. It's just, I think there was like a practicality issue where I felt like it wasn't practical. Like- how am I going to make money in movies? How is that going to be prestigious? I don't know. Ask Harvey. Yeah. Well, he's gross. Made, I know. But he's made plenty of money in movies. Yeah. Well, now he's going to jail. Good riddance. Exactly. Um, Agreed. So of all the people, why him? <laughs> I don't know. He's the first creep of Hollywood that popped into my head. And there are a lot of creeps in Hollywood. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of, of money. to. 
there's a lot of money to be made in Hollywood. So mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it's funny to me that you would go, how am I going to make money in film? Well, and I'm like, there's a was, lot of money in film. It was more of like, well, I could be a doctor or I could have a corporate job that people, you know, there's like a title that people can resonate okay, with. Okay, so the title was important to you. Yeah, and I okay. thought that I was supposed to have the 401k and the health benefit plan and all of this kind of stuff and the nine to five. And I just thought that that's how things worked. I thought that that was what practicality meant, essentially. And again, not because I said that's the road you need to go down if i if i alluded because i certainly not the life i've lived but i think it is important for you to you know you should have your own retirement savings and you do mm-hmm. have that in place right now exactly and but people can do that on their own your so people employer doesn't have to do that they because get, they have to get over themselves yeah people have to you have to get over the fear you have to you have to get honest with yourself i sat and i thought to myself you know nine months ago i could have started anything right and where would i be now Nine months from now are going to pass regardless of what I do. I can sit in the same place or I can sit in an office from nine to five or I can sit wherever for nine months or I can do nothing for Mm -hmm. nine months. Those nine months are still going to come and go regardless of what I'm doing. So I could just seize opportunity I have now and see where it takes me. Right. And in nine months that we're going to come and go regardless, I'll either have something or I won't. But it's like. But your soul is alive. Your skills are being used. Your God-given talents are being utilized. I feel like I'm purposeful. I feel like I have a purpose now that I've found something that I I love. And I feel like I can harness all of my talents and my abilities into. And storytelling is a big deal to me. It's important to have representation. It's important to have all kinds of representation. I believe that trans stories are important, but I also believe that detransitioning stories are really important. Mm-hmm. They are not being told right. at all. And those are those are people. Those are human beings that are not seeing themselves represented. They're going through this completely alone and shunned yeah. from the community that they were once revered in. Yeah. I think black stories are important. I think white stories are important. I think Asian and Indian stories are important. Mm. I think all stories are important because they have the power to heal. They have the power to make someone feel just a little bit less alone in the world. Right. So they can stay here. (laughs) Amen. On that note, I think we're going to bid this audience adieu. Yes, we are. I love you. Thank you for being Thanks for being here. Monty versus Allie, do not send me your homophobic email stuff because I'm not going to respond kindly. I'm just going to tell you because yes. I'm not a homophobe. This is just how we roll and in our house. And you're not transphobic. And I'm not transphobic. I'm not, I'm not afraid you're of not anybody. You're not a phobic. I'm not at all. So there. Yeah. All right. You're just a little, a little rough around the edges. But I we're working be. on it. <laughs> we're working on it. I'm a biscuit. Yeah. I'm crunchy on the outside and mushy-gushy in the middle. Yeah. Okay, I love you. Till next time. All right, bye, you guys, on social media. We'll be back next week. Yep. Sign up for my newsletters and all that good stuff at monicamatthews.com. Monica on your talk on Twitter. Sign up for Periscope as well. Uh, Monty Matthews on Facebook. Send me your emails and voicemails and all that good stuff. Love to hear from you. Be good to your neighbor, beginning your own mirror. Remember, if you're an American, do what, Allie? Act like one. <laughs> <laughs>